Yes, greetings everyone. This is Kabaka Pyramid from Kingston, Jamaica. I, I'm actually in the uh, beginning of making a, a song that's called Stop Touching My Belly, I'm Lactose Intolerant. And when I was, you know, when I was a baby, I was really into just uh, doing weird pictures and I wanted to be an artist when I was a kid. I just want to be able to continue on doing what we're doing and have Metal Church get out there to get to the level where the band deserves to be, where Kurt Vanderhoof deserves to be, and the music that he's written. That, that's what I would like. But all you had to do was be able to make some noise and express yourself, and it was complete freedom, and there were no rules and no expectations. There was simply self-expression. Reach to the stars. Uh, do the best you can. Put all your energy behind. Whatever you partake in life, do the best. Do it 100%. Hi everyone, David here from Project Daybreak, talking about the upcoming talents all over the world. Now we have a new guest in front of our mic, but let him introduce himself. My name is Chris Gruen, it's my pleasure to be with you today, David. Now, of course, um, all, all listeners have to know that um, you're touring Europe at the moment. and. Yeah. The, the the followers, your fans in Sweden almost missed you due to something that happened on the road. <laughs> oh, was that before Sweden? <laughs> yeah, but what exactly you know, happened before Sweden? <laughs> you know, we we had um we had a, it happened. We we were pulled over. Our tour bus was pulled over a couple times on this tour, and I think that the stop you're talking about was actually not a big deal. But the second one, going into Norway, was a long... You know, we were detained for a while. For some reason, we were more suspicious-looking <laughs> to Norwegians. <laughs> but that's, that's but, more common, of course, uh, if you travel uh, the, the north countries of Europe. They're more right, protected. Right, we were We were in one of those suspicious-looking tour buses where anything could be going on inside. But... Uh, We run a type ship, and there was no problems. So we no, were, we were no over sex, and drugs, and rock, rock and roll, no. <laughs> yeah, we're all we're old hands at that, so we know how to manage our affairs. <laughs> Now, where did it exactly begin for you? Because um, um, if I if I look a, look a bit uh, on your record, I think you had quite some influence uh, from your father in the music, or. Yeah, well, my my father's a rock and roll photographer, and um, he's been working since the early to mid '60s. I was born in '74, and he had worked with a lot of uh, legendary names that everyone would have heard of at that time. He'd done a lot of work with Ike and Tina Turner, mm -hmm. um, and Uh, the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin, Sex Pistols came later, Clash came later, um, after I was uh, born, like four or five years old. And I was exposed to a lot of those artists, uh, following him around at work. He would bring me where he went. Mm -hmm. And the music, the soundtrack of his work would always be on in the background, um, whether at home or live at a show or recording studios. And I got to know the music through the people. Um, and I always assumed that it wasn't going to be for me because I saw these 
tremendous talents doing it at such a young age before I could ever conceive of what it would be like to, you know, hold a guitar and control it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't start actually writing songs until my mid twenties. Now, do you still remember the very first record you bought? A vinyl, a cassette, uh, or? You know, a lot, uh, most of my records were given to me. <laughs> you know, just like, just like my parents who are in the music business rarely ever bought anything. They, you know, they collected all the music that was given to them. But, uh, you know, I, as a young kid, my, I think my first vinyl that I really wore down was a, of a band called Musical Youth. They were a young reggae band. They had a famous song, Pass the Dutch Sheep on the Left Hand Side. You remember that? Um, I, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> I think it goes away back, no? <laughs> Past the Dutchie. It was a big hit. It, it was all about it was all about tenement yards and living, you know, uh, in poverty, but having what you need through community. And it was a very positive song. I remember it well. I loved it. But um, you know, I had I have a picture of myself sitting in front of a play school plastic record player. With um, Kiss records and Sex Pistol records, you know, in front of me when I was like four years old. So I've I've been listening to all of it for a long time. And what is your ambition? What would you like to achieve? Your your ultimate dream? I'd like to be able to do more of what I'm doing right now, uh, and and you know move up the bill, to headline the gigs I'm playing now in support of great artists like Jesse Malin. Um, the and and theaters. You know, I'm not looking to be a stadium rocker. I'm I'm really committed to the lyrical content of a song and storytelling, and which requires a really intimate connection with your audience. Though the you know bands do great jobs of connecting with you know tens of thousands of of audience of of fans. You know, at a show, I think that it's hard to break it down and get more uh, real with people in that. Well, and that's that that's something that, um, to me personally, was quite impressive. Um, I, I've looked several of, of your music videos, and at each one, I really had like, you know, a, a human factor. I felt like mm. you were amongst the people. Um, you were. I I kind of re- resembled you with uh, a busker, like from the UK uh-huh. buskers. Uh, I, yeah. I, you know, I don't know why, but um, it made me feel like, you know, you come from people. <laughs> it yeah, I like that. Sounds perhaps different, but um, yeah. No, I, I like that. That's 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 good. That's accurate. You know, I live in a place that's very down to earth, Vermont. Um, the lifestyle is uh, people are very connected with each other. You know, and and they take time out to communicate and uh, and understand and be understood. And I think that that's what I'd like to bring to an artistic practice. I want the songs to be great. You know, because of my early exposure, I believe in the simplicity and power of a great song, like a John Lennon song, you know, or or even a Cat Stevens song or a Paul Simon song, where. Natural, a conversational line as possible, and I would like to celebrate that kind of deep communication through, you know, great melodies and songs. And um, and I'm not always solo. It's funny because this entire tour, I've been opening up for a very big rock show as a solo artist on a 
on a 70-year-old acoustic guitar, 1944 <laughs> Gibson. And, and so the impression that people are getting is that I'm a true folk artist, which I love. That's an honor. But I'm also, um, you know, driving a pretty loud rock band myself sometimes. So it's a, it's a mixed bag. Now, name something you love to do, but just suck at. Uh, love to do, but what? But you're bad at it. You, su you suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, musically or in general? In general, in general. <laughs> wow, that's a good question. Uh, you know, the first thing that came to mind might just serve. I, yeah, I, I feel like I'm no good on electric guitar. Um, I'd love to be able to really play electric well, you know, because I am often playing an old acoustic. I squeeze the strings too hard. And so when I play an electric, it's always out of tune, no matter how much I try and stop it. Um, <laughs> I'm always stressing out. I'm always grabbing the guitar like I'm holding on to the ledge of a building I'm going to fall off of. <laughs> I got to learn how not to do that. Well, perhaps uh, there are a lot of people that, that want to give you a hand, uh, or perhaps two, yeah. for playing the guitar. <laughs> Now, what's the actually the the one thing if you would describe life for you in one word? Hmm. Uh, change, constant change. It's constantly moving on, getting new purposes, or? Yeah, if I was going to say one word, I'd say change. And, uh, I would explain that if you want me to. I, um, there's, you know, I, I could explain what I mean by that, but you said one word, so I want to be, I want to be a little. <laughs> Not, not a problem, but um, yeah, I think uh, a lot of people feel life as a big change, constantly adapting. And if you can't adapt, yep. you yeah, you stand alone. You yeah, <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta keep with the flow. So you keep you keep uh, trying to settle into a comfort zone, be comfortable with who you think you are and who the, you think the people who you are closest to are, what you're supposed to be doing in the world. And then you're presented with something that you couldn't have anticipated and you have to move with it or else you're going to suffer. So I would say change. Now, if you could back, if you could travel back in time and meet yourself, what would you ask or what would you say? <laughs> I'd probably, uh, I would, I, if, it depends on which era I go back to. But, But if that's, I were that's to meet my choice. young self, huh. there are times in my life where the changing was really difficult. You know, uh, parental separations, big relocations, and I, I definitely at those times felt like I was losing what I loved about you know about life. I would have told that person not to worry that things change for the better as often as they change for the worse, and if you don't fight it. One day you'll have your own choice of how you want to go, and you're going to find yourself doing something you love. That's what I might have said. <laughs> That's quite nice. Perhaps a bit uh, too complicated for a five-year-old, but um, you'll get the point. Yeah, right? no, no, I come away from the five-year-old. I think I'm talking to my 14-year-old self. Your 14-year-old self. <laughs> yeah. Time to puber. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
Now, if you could be any cartoon character, who would you be? Mm, cartoon character. And we, Gosh, we can, I don't really look... We can count in the Marvels too. So if you'd like to be Spider-Man, you can. Right. I've never... I've never really... Uh, I've never wanted to be a cartoon character. You know, I've, I, and I didn't, never really followed cartoons much. Um, I guess, you know, my on my mother's side of the family... Her, her father was a fine arts producer, mm-hmm. and I was surrounded by beautiful fine art often, and I related more to the suggestive forms uh, in those illustrations, you know, where people and the landscape kind of blended together. And so I guess, um, I don't know, I guess I've more often than... than then not. If I would have imagined wanting to be something else, it would be something like a bird or a tree <laughs> than a cartoon <laughs> character. And uh, probably a beech tree if I were to choose one because they, their branches spread out so evenly and their the, the skin, the bark, it looks like muscle. It's just a beautiful creature. <laughs> a so, so actually you're saying you want to have a six-pack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wish I was in better shape. <laughs> now, if you could bring one artist back to life, who would it be? Mm. Well, I, I guess I immediately would go to John Lennon. John Lennon. He was, yeah, maybe, maybe Joe Strummer, but I would say John Lennon, um, because I don't feel like his work was done, and it was very important work that he was doing. Mm-hmm. And before he died, he had found great, great satisfaction and purpose in being a father and a husband. And he was planning on celebrating that with music. And I think the world, more than anything else, needs to learn how to care at that level, mm-hmm. at home, before it can hope to change country by country. So I'd have to say... John Lennon. Now, um, of course, you, you're quite uh, busy the last few weeks with uh, the tour that was going on. Um, you said it is coming to an end soon. What else can we expect in 2015, music-wise? Is there an album coming? Are there more gigs coming? Festivals? Yeah. Um, well, I always do. Um, I always do CMJ. In- New York City at the end of, of the summer. Um, and I always do the Sundance Film Festival now because I my label really focuses in licensing for film and TV. Mm-hmm. So I showcase there often. I have a full length that I've made in, in Los Angeles that is uh, due out at the end of the summer. Okay. Just have some finishing touches to put on that. So, and yeah, I have I have but nothing as big of a tour as I just did planned yet. When the record is finalized, we'll probably book out a West Coast tour. That's where the record was made, and that's where I've been touring most often. Um, we'll do shows in New York City and then probably Nashville and then do a, a run up and down the West Coast. Um, but for this tour, I actually finished a four-song EP that is with 
me um, that I'm selling at the show is kind of like a special treat for folks who are interested in my music, and they're all collaborations. So that's just now about to be officially released. It's called Duos and Trios, and it's all co-writing and, and co-performed songs with friends of mine who I really admire and happy to work with. Um, so, yeah. So there's a lot of plans coming up. <laughs> Now, um, one final yeah, question, I'm, because, um, yeah, you have to perform uh, tonight. Um, one final question. What's the top three of your bucket list? And it doesn't have anything to do with music. So for you personally? Mm. I'd love to visit Zanzibar. <laughs> um, I'd love to ski in the northernmost part of British Columbia uh, with helicopter skiing. It's something I've always wanted to do. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds uh, quite exciting, yeah. <laughs> I do a lot of act outdoor activities when I can get it. When I'm not on tour, I'm trying to mountain bike or go skiing. But, you know, I'd have to say that one of the one of the top elements, one of the top uh, bucket list uh, points I might have listed a couple of years ago. I've realized I live on a mountainside farm in Vermont with a beautiful family, and mm -hmm. um, that's something that I can proudly say I've achieved. And I just, you know, we, we're just finishing our house this week. When I get home, I'll be moving my family into a, a brand new home in the middle of the woods. You look in any direction, you can't see any other house, and we're going to have no Wi-Fi, and we're not going to have we're going to have no cordless phones. It's going to be a really interesting life achievement, and I'm so so grateful to have it as a young, at a young age. So I, I'm going to cross that off my bucket list. So no Skype interviews to be done in the woods then? <laughs> no, we can do it. We're just going to hardwire our computers into the wall rather than having Wi-Fi in the room. Yeah, We're going to see what it's like to live without invisible wavelengths as much as possible. Okay, but perhaps, um, yeah, if you look... Uh more healthy than now and, and more sportive than now, then I'll think I'll come and live with you then. <laughs> There you go. We're going to try it out. Let you all know if it works. Okay. I'll uh, keep your Facebook page in, uh, in, on our watch list. <laughs> okay. Now, um, of course, I'll, I'll leave you to it now because um, you have to prepare and, and you have a lot of things to do now. Um, of course, thank you for making the time for this interview. Thank Absolutely. you for listening. Thank you for answering. <laughs> yeah. And uh, of well, course, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. You know, thank you. You're welcome. And of course, until next time. Yes, I'll look forward to it. Thanks so much, David. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs>